For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hi, and welcome to the Mom Struggling Well podcast. My name is Emily Thomas, and I am a mom on a mission to get a new perspective. Y'all, I am not proud of it, but I spent far too long waiting for my daily irritations to resolve before the good times can begin. And I'm thinking the struggles are just going to keep coming, so I might as well get a new plan. God promises if we persevere through our daily struggles, our character will be built, and we'll end up with a hope that doesn't disappoint. And I don't know about you, but my hardest days happen when I've lost sight of that hope. So if that's your story too, join me each week as I interview someone who has passed from just struggling to struggling well. Hey ladies, welcome back. And my brother, my brother also listens. Hi Robbie. Now he won't listen anymore. He will stop listening after I said his name. Did you know that you can have a bag of poop delivered to somebody's doorstep and left on their doorstep? Um, it's actually a business that somebody has and I have a feeling I'm going to get a bag of poop from my brother for saying that he listens to this show. Anyway, if you can't tell from my voice, the plague has come to my house this week. It only hit me. So being a mom of two kids on summer break um, who is sick and they're not sick, it's kind of terrible. But I've discovered a couple things this week. Dayquil makes me feel better, but it also somehow makes me sing Adele songs really loud and it also makes me feel like I sound pretty great so it's kind of good and kind of bad my kids are a little tired of it I feel like that should be listed as a side effect because it is strong it's a strong effect for me okay so every once in a while I like to give you guys suggestions about how you can advertise for the podcast Some books have launch teams, and um, even though this podcast has almost been on for a year now, um, I'd like to invite you to be on my podcast launch team. Perhaps we could uh, launch it to the next level, and I have a really good idea. So get out your pencils. I'll wait. Okay, this is what you need to do. Really simple. I need you to buy 1,000 fortune cookies, open them all up, take out whatever fortune's in there, couple random numbers and a proverb. Nobody needs that. Put inside just the website, momstrugglingwell.com or hey friend, you should really listen to this podcast or whatever you want. That's I'm leaving that up to you. But all I needed you each to buy a thousand fortune cookies because if you did listen, we would have like 4,000 fortune cookies. Me, my mom, my brother, and you. That's a lot of fortune cookies. It's a lot of free publicity for the show. So thanks in advance. Okay, fine. Let's get started. You did not come here to hear me sing exactly like Adele or to talk about Chinese food. You came here to listen to someone else talk. So today, that someone else is Rebecca Smith of Better Life Bags. She, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about her story because she's going to tell you, but what I can tell you is she is lovely. She's hilarious. She had me laughing pretty hard several times. In this episode, she talks to us about cross-cultural living, which she does in Detroit. She talks about the story of Jonah and how it turned out that she was kind of being exactly like him. 
She travels regularly with her kids and her husband. She takes him too. Um, and the way that she does it, I think, sounds wonderful. She also talks about working mom guilt. We all have a form of mom guilt, so hers is working mom guilt. We also talk about a million other random things like tea and podcasts and books that she loves. So let's get started before I break into song. Okay, because I feel it coming up. Hi, Rebecca. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Emily, how are you? I'm so good. Um, I met you at, um, I don't even think I met you at Influence. When people such as yourself who are kind of like famous. Oh, whatever. Stop. Yeah. Anyway, I want to give you your, I want to play it cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you were at Influence. Which one did you go to? Not last year, but the year before that. Okay. I wasn't at last year's either. So. Okay. So yeah, you were there The and your bags are gorgeous. I've been on your website like a million times and I get so, uh, I can't decide, you know, because yeah. you can, your website's so pretty where you can pick the bag and see the bag being made and <gasps> thanks I know we have people tell us that they spend hours like yeah. on our site just playing you know it's like oh that's so fun I love that so tell people who don't know who you are because in my mind you're Rebecca Better Life Bags but I don't think that's your actual last name <laughs> no my last name is Smith which is probably more common than the last name of Better Life Bags but uh, so Rebecca Smith and I own and started this company called Better Life Bags. So we um, make leather and fabric custom handbags here in Detroit, Michigan. And we hire women who have barriers to traditional employment. So that could be cultural barriers, language barriers, education barriers, just all sorts of barriers that prevent the women in my under-resourced neighborhood from going out and getting a traditional job. So okay. that's who we cater to. How do you find the women? All through networking, really. I mean, we live in this in this city as well. So I've met one of our of our ladies. I literally ran into her on the street. She was asking for money to buy her baby diapers. And I said, mm -hmm. well, just come down to the workshop. You know, I, I have this shop down on the street. Come work for a couple hours and then I'll give you some money sort of thing. And um, okay. I mean, now two years later, she's still there. <laughs> and so oh, that gives me goosebumps. That I was love that. one way. And um, our first seamstress that we hired was just a friend of mine. She's an immigrant from Yemen, has four kids. Her husband works at a gas station. <clears throat> her name's Nadia. If you go to our website, her story's on our video that I share. That, okay. um, so I don't want to bore everyone with all the details again, but she was our first um, try at, at this and um, just okay. to see the change that a job did for her personal um, mm. self-esteem and the things she was able to buy for her family that I consider necessities, but they just weren't able to purchase like bed frames. Her kids were just sleeping mm. on mattresses on the floor, you know, and okay. so they got bunk beds and then they got a dining room table. And it was just really cool to, that was my first, <clears throat> I hired her because I needed help. I had no idea right. what it was going to do for her life. And that's when the light bulb went off, like, oh, I should do this intentionally. Like I should hire women from this community as we grow intentionally. So you just started as someone making bags yourself, right? Yeah, it was a hobby. Seven okay. years ago, I opened an Etsy shop and then it just kept, yes. kept growing. I just love that. I'm so excited about that. Um, and then Detroit, did you pick that on purpose? Yes. Yeah, so we moved to Detroit while it was still a hobby, we had no idea that the business was going to be our avenue, like our reason for being in the city. Okay. We wanted to move somewhere that had more diversity. Um, my husband 
was in Iraq with the army and he just developed this like love for Muslim people and their culture. Mm. We were in Savannah, Georgia, where there's like very little diversity. And so I kind of followed my husband up here. He wanted to move to the city. It's a little tiny neighborhood in the middle of Detroit called Hamtramck. We're actually our own city, but it's only two square miles and we're surrounded by Detroit on all sides. Okay, interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting city. Were you excited about the move from Savannah? You know, I I had a six month old, so I don't even remember. <laughs> like <laughs> it was, um, I don't remember ever agreeing to move. You know, but ah. once and we never. We, <laughs> one day you woke. One up day in I woke up. Like literally, that's <laughs> what I feel like. We never visited before we moved. We're just like, huh, this is the next step in our journey. We're going to move to the city. And the first year was incredibly difficult. It was, it's, if anyone visits Hamtramck, it's like a uh, culture shock. Signs are in five different languages. Oh, wow. There's 26 languages spoken in my kid's school alone. It's just very, it's not what I grew up in. You know, I grew up middle-class America in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. And so to move into this like densely populated city that's populated with people so different than myself Mm -hmm. was really, really challenging. I would escape to the suburbs like every chance I got, you know, to go to Target or Starbucks or something that looked familiar Mm -hmm. uh, that wasn't in my city. And uh, I felt a little bit like Jonah from the Bible Mm -hmm. who like God had called us to this city, but I kept running. Like I kept it, it didn't feel, it was too uncomfortable. So I kept going to what felt normal. And um, my husband one day like actually opened up Jonah and said, I want you to read this and put your name in there instead of Jonah. Wow. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, I don't know why I didn't just hit him over the head with the Bible at that <laughs> point. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, that's really rude of you. But it was really, um, it was a turning point in my journey of deciding to intentionally invest in living in this community. And um, so, yeah, that was like the turning point. I We love it now. We've been here seven years okay. and we just absolutely love the cultures, the city living. Okay. Yeah. So for a mom who may be in a situation that she's just not super thrilled with, I know for me, my husband moved us to rural China and I really oh. didn't want to do it, but I did. Right. And, and I remember thinking while I'm on a plane, and I did what he said. And so I'm doing a good job. But in my yeah. heart, I was I was still not I was not in China <laughs> even anymore. Oh and so it took me a while to realize like, no, he wants your heart too. The Lord wants like all of you, not just your physical body um, in, in China. So yes. How long did it take or what did the process look like for you to begin to invest there? Oh, goodness. So I think it took after my eyes were open to what I was doing, that I was running instead of really trying, you know, I was like where I was like, okay, I live here. I sleep here. You know, like Mm -hmm. this is where my house is, but I am not going to be friends with anyone here. Mm. I'm not going to shop here. I'm never going to send my kids to school here. You know, like he was, my oldest was six months, six months old at the time. So this was my attitude of just like, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to like physically be here, Mm -hmm. but not anything else. And so after I read like what I was really doing and, you know, Jonah's story, I love how it ends. Like he's still scared to go back Mm -hmm. after God says, you know, like you are going to go and you're going to do what I've asked you to do. Like he's still scared to go do it, but he does, Mm -hmm. he does go back and do it. So I felt like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try again and I'm just going to try to be here, like all here. Mm -hmm. So I tried shopping at these grocery stores that i couldn't find peanut butter in, you know, like I, I tried just 
literally just saying hi to women that I passed on the streets. And um, these women are like, they're covered, you know, they're, they're Muslim women. So Mm. they're wearing like the full Muslim garb, like here in the States. And that was scary to me. Like, I didn't know what they would think of me. I was all worried about myself, you know, (laughs) like worried how I was going to feel and how I was going to be perceived. And so I learned how to say hello in Arabic and so good. So timidly would say it like, almost in a whisper that they'd be like, what? Like, <laughs> you know? But it just, it was the first step for me. So I just, I just tried to start small. Okay. Just to say hi, like literally just say hi and that's great. See where that goes. I have friends who are Muslim, but I remember the initial, it, there just seemed to be such a huge gulf between us, but I wanted yeah. to be friends with them, but I didn't know how. So yeah. for you, the first step was saying hi. Mm-hmm. What next? Well, I guess funny story about, you know, what they wear. My kids were afraid. Like they, the, these sweet women, it became easier to talk to people as my kids got older because they would want to come and say hi to my kids because okay. my kids are, are cute, yeah. you know? So the kids are so, they're magnets. Okay. Oh, they, they totally are. Yeah. <clears throat> so we would just go to a park and um, they and the kids would naturally like draw women to me. And but my kids would scream because they were afraid, mm. you know, like it. So that was embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I will say that I have never actually become great friends with anyone that I've said hi to on the street. That just hasn't, you know, from a Muslim culture. Uh What has worked for me is when my husband meets somebody and then I can meet his wife is kind of, and then I just go over to their house and I bring my kids. They love that. Like they love hosting people in their homes and our kids just run wild and we stumble through conversation. Uh, you know, through barriers of language. And, but really, even if I just sat there, I feel like it would be, they would love that. Yeah. Cause I think we don't realize how the attitude towards them is not welcoming in general, I think. Right. And so I, yeah, I think just bringing cookies or sitting there in their home and just being present would be really good. Yeah. A lot of my friends in town, like we have other just American friends who have also decided to move into the city for similar reasons. And so we've like, met them and become friends with them, they decide to start teaching like tutoring English. That's a really huge need is Mm. is ESL classes or English as a second language classes. And they just have put out flyers and people will call them. And then they, that's an easy way to, to start a relationship is by offering to teach English. That's great. Yeah. And there's a lot of like organizations too, even in the suburbs that do this as their, that's what they do is they teach English and they're always looking for volunteers. So that's even a great, even more neutral zone is to like start with, I think the Catholic charities. Okay. You can, you can adopt a a recent immigrant family. So your whole family could adopt a, you know, a family, teach them, teach them how to grocery shop. I love that. It's so cool. And so that's a really great first step for anyone who has interest in befriending people of different cultures, but doesn't know how to start. Great. Well, thank you. That's so good. I'm writing that now. Okay, so you mentioned to me that priorities for you are traveling with your family and investing in your kids. Yeah. Tell me something about traveling with your family. What's that look like? So we have figured out that our family, I, I work. So I'm a working mom. I work Monday through Friday okay. at this point in my life. I mean, I've done all sorts of things 
working part-time. I've stayed at home full-time. Like I've done it all. But Mm -hmm. at this stage in my life, I'm working full-time. And so we really like to take four to five day trips. So like a Thursday through Sunday, somewhere that we can drive to that's within four to five hour drive. Okay, That's a really great length of time for our family. We don't get sick of each other. We, Mm -hmm. um, the, the drive isn't horrendously long. There's so much to see within four or five hours of pretty much wherever you live, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just a really great way for me to invest in my family at that point. Like I'm not working. I really try to like put the phone down and not check email. I'm hoping that it's creating some really great memories for my kids. Yeah. How often do you try to do that? Once a quarter. So like four times a year. Okay. Um, Sometimes it's a little more than that if we're visiting family or have like a family event that we're going to as well. But we try to do once a quarter where it's just our immediate family going somewhere. And the first time we did that was really fun. I had always just gone on vacation with my parents. Like even after getting married and having kids, we would go with my parents wherever they were going to Florida or wherever, or our vacation would be like to drive home and visit them when they live, they used to live eight hours away. Okay. But to like have our first like real family vacation was really, really fun. That's great. I love that it's bite sized It's not overwhelming. Exactly. It's not planning for a cruise that's going to happen nope. in five years. Yeah. It's great. It's just we- like weekend trips. <laughs> Do you plan them for the whole year or? No, I am. I am not a, a huge planner. I really want to be a planner. Like I, I have bought planners and I use them for like two weeks and then I I don't use them. So we're really a little bit better at spontaneous. I mean, I remember one Wednesday I came home and it was like, we got to, we got to go somewhere this weekend. And with my job, it's really flexible, which is nice. You know, I, I can do that. Um, I know not everyone has that luxury, but we, we like booked somewhere up North in Michigan on Wednesday night and on Expedia. And then we just went. So that's so fun. Mm-hmm. Our kids are at a better age for that too. I mean, and how old are your kids? We didn't babies. even talk about those jokers. Yeah. Those kids, <laughs> they are six. Our oldest Jonah is six. You named him Jonah. I did. I love I that. didn't do that on purpose. What? It's so perfect. <laughs> I know. He was six months old when we moved here. So he already oh, had his true. name. But okay. oh, it is kind of perfect. <laughs> Um, So our oldest is Jonah. He's six in kindergarten. Our daughter is five and she's in preschool. And then our son, our baby is two. He um, stays home right now with my husband. He'll be starting preschool in the fall. Okay. Exciting. Yeah. I had a question and I lost it. Was it about public school? Because usually that's people's question. Oh, well, no, but I can ask it. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about public school. So my son's in kindergarten and my daughter's in preschool and they're both in the public school system here. And I had mentioned a while ago when we moved here, I was like, I'm not sending my kids to school here. Mm -hmm. I remember my husband and I talking about what are we going to do about schooling? And my husband said, like, what, did your parents pick their house they lived in based on the school district? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) like, Uh (laughs) doesn't doesn't every sane person? And um, we just... Well, it always comes up when you buy or when you sell. Right, yeah. And we we weren't even really thinking so much about school. You know, my son was six months old, you know, and I was in this newborn fog when we moved here. And so we had enrolled our kids in this private or Jonah when he was, he was ready for preschool. We enrolled him in this private school in the suburbs and like two weeks before it was about to start. God, like, I feel like he gave me this dream, like a literal dream at night where I had sent Jonah to public school here in this, in Hamtramck. And it was great. 
And so I woke up and I was like, huh, like maybe I'm just fearful of this. Maybe this is a fear that I don't need to be afraid of. Okay. Let's give it a try. Let's take it year by year. So this is his third year in the public school system. And so far we are very happy with it. The teachers are awesome. The diversity of the kids is so cool. Like something I didn't experience you know, in public school growing up. and So you didn't have the same experience, less diversity? No. Yeah. Yeah. Very much less diversity for sure. And so it's been a really cool experience. We're still just going to take it year by year. We still like question what we're doing every minute of, you know, the week, but as you do when you're a parent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. In the long run. That's great. I love that. You mentioned also to me that raising your kids, shaping their hearts to love God and to love people well. Now, from the outside looking in, Rebecca, you've started this whole company just to employ women. I mean, that to me, it looks like you were kind of nailing the love people well thing. I mean, obviously, you know, I it's different in the actual, it just, it looks like you, you've got this. So how do you practically help your kids love people well? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so it's, it's one thing to start a company and hire women. And then it's another thing to live that out daily. Mm-hmm. I guess there are so... I mean, even though I'm great friends with people from different cultures, there are so many cultural barriers that to me seem ridiculous that someone would live their life in this particular way. And so I have to watch what I say at home Mm. with my husband, you know, like if we're just talking and the kids can overhear us, I want to love people well all the time, not just um, outwardly or when people are watching, Mm -hmm. you know, like at home too, the way that I... I talk about them and respect their culture Mm -hmm. um, or respect the different things they're going through. I hope I'm modeling that a little bit to my kids and then apologizing when like, hey, you know, the way I was talking about this person with daddy, like I probably that was not loving, you know, that was not a good example. Mm -hmm. So and I think the older my kids get, the more I'll be able to help them learn how to love through cultural barriers or, you know, just we have this in every school, but just people who are different than you they're harder to love than um, right. people who are much more like you and like the same foods you do and dress the same way. And yeah. Yeah. So I don't think I have a really specific example, but I feel like if my kids grew up and they loved God and they loved people well, I feel like that would be success in my book. <laughs> but, yeah. It's hard when you can see all the things they're not quite getting. And if you've never been a mom before, you don't know when they're going to get it. And so I mean, right. I sometimes yeah. think, well, they're never going to get it. But just yesterday, um, my little boy, he's three, was talking about how strong he is. And my mm-hmm. seven-year-old girl who she's like me, she's quick to point out where you're not quite right, sadly. <laughs> um, she looked at him, she goes, you are so strong. And she could have said, like, you're not much bigger than a house cat. <laughs> you're not mm. strong. You know what I mean? But she like encouraged the things we're trying to encourage him, you know, like to be a man and all these things. And she said, you are so strong. And I thought, oh my gosh, That's she's so getting good. it. So those yes. glimpses are what get you through to the next day, I think, sometimes. (laughs) Yes, that's so good, especially with siblings. Like, sometimes I forget, like, that's where it starts, too, is learning to love our siblings well. Yes, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My kids hate when I look at them after, you know, they apologize. If they're they're fighting about, you know, nothing, as you do. um, Right. 
I'll make him, you know, to say two nice things to the other person or whatever. I like your hair. I like your shirt. You know, they're never happy about it, but right, they eventually yeah. start laughing. And Oh, that's a great idea. I've seen, uh, I don't know where I saw it, where you put both kids in a, like a double extra large shirt or something. <laughs> I don't know, make them like <laughs> just be together, stick them stuck together. I haven't My mom used to make us sit on the steps and hold hands <laughs> or in the car or wherever we were. Like we had to hold hands with. I haven't I've done that one time and it it didn't really work that great (laughs) so what do you do when they're fighting how do you make it stop we usually just make them go to each a separate room for a bit like usually we found that it's just them having too much of each other Mm. they're only 15 months apart so they're the older two I mean they all love their baby at this point they rarely fight with the two-year-old but um he's so spoiled he gets like whatever he wants really the baby Yeah, the baby. But for the older two, it's usually just a it's they're such great friends mm-hmm. and so close and do everything together and don't remember life without each other mm. that usually it's just you've had just too much of each other at this point. Let's have some alone time and That's good. That tends to work for us right now. Okay. You mentioned being present and with all that you have going on, how do you protect your family time? Yeah. I've really I turn work off at 5 p.m. when I come home. I used to try to bring work home. I used to say, oh, I can do these, um, this, our bookkeeping at home. Like, I don't have to do that at work. That's something I can do on my computer anywhere. I can do emails anywhere. But I've just, that's a no-no at this point. At this point in my life, that's something I'm not going to do. Because I work 40 hours in the workshop a week. If I was going to take like two or three days at home, I might work at home kind of thing. I might have some hours where I work from home. But like this summer, I were trying to figure out what am I going to do this summer when the kids are all home from school. I'd like to take one or two days where I'm more at home. So it's always changing. Like what I say right now, if I were to listen to this podcast, like two years from now, Mm -hmm. I probably won't be doing the same thing. But right now I'm when I'm at work, I try to be at work. I don't bring kids with me to work on a normal basis. And then when I'm at home, I try to be at home. I don't bring work home with me. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe that's too simple. But no, I mean, I think works. that's great. And I think your idea to take your little vacations is probably a really good way to recharge. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. as a, I mean, I think if you're a working mom or if you're a mom who stays home and has like a fun little project you do, like an Etsy shop or whatever, it's really hard to not let that all bleed together and be make you completely frazzled yeah. and stressed out. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. I've struggled a lot with, you know, I never set out to do a business. I never set out to be a working, working mom. Okay. I always thought I would be a stay-at-home mom. Okay. So like to be, I've kind of questioned God, like, hey, like, what were you, what are you doing? You know, okay. like. What what did you do here? And um, I remember talking to my mom about it a couple years ago about how like guilty I feel that I work I work away from my kids, you know. And this is when two of them are at home at that point. And and she said something that will always stick with me because I think so many moms feel this mom guilt. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a coined phrase now, yeah. um, which drives me crazy. But she's like, women my age when we raised you, like we didn't spend we we stayed home. You know, that was kind of the culture back then is there was more stay-at-home moms. But she said, we didn't spend 
more time with you than you already are spending with your kids. We didn't spend 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. laying on the floor playing Barbies, Mm. you know, like, and I was like, that's so true. Just because I work outside the home doesn't mean I spend less time with my kids. You know, I just spend it differently. And um, that was really freeing for me to hear her say that. Yeah, because I I do think that we we look at this picture of what we think it should be. And it is playing Mm -hmm. on the ground with Legos. And, you know, then then you take a break and and eat the cookies that just came out of the oven. (laughs) You just wipe your hands on your pretty little apron. Yes, and the Pinterest craft. And, (laughs) uh, man, it just is not real life. Not at all. And it doesn't matter which what your situation is. You're going to feel bad about something. It's true. Something to look forward to. What's the next thing we're going to feel bad? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This morning, um, I'm feeling bad that I gave my kids ice cream for dessert. I mean, for breakfast. But, you know. Oh, girl. That, my husband's they, out of town. They think you're the best mom. They do. They're telling all, all yeah. their friends are jealous. So right. That's fine. And their cholesterol <laughs> is going up. And they're on a sugar crash right about now. So it's fine. It's fine. Better to be uh, on a sugar crash at school than at home Such or a sugar high, point. you know, like either way. You don't want the sugar high at home. Such a good point. <laughs> I planned that on purpose. <laughs> oh, okay. So mom advice. There's a mom and she's hanging by a thread this morning. Oh my gosh, things are intense. What would you like to tell her? Okay. I feel like when I'm in that situation where everything's about to crash, um, I'm about to go off the wall. It's probably because I'm 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 usually trying to do too much. Okay. Like I'm trying to do, get a load of laundry done, wash the dishes, mm. scrub the floor. You know, like when I get going, I get going. Mm-hmm. I try to do it all. Mm-hmm. And my kids always seem to need me the most in those moments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all these emergencies. Like, I can't yeah, find my right. stuffed animal. Yeah. Right. Can you do this for me? I need some juice. <laughs> you know, all different things. And so I have found instead of trying to push through, that makes it so much worse for me. It makes it so much worse for my kids um, that we, I just drop everything and we go somewhere. Like we literally leave the house, okay. go to a park, go to an, a museum, nothing that could break, you know, not like a glass <laughs> museum. <Okay. laughs> somewhere we have this really great children's museum. So that's what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. If it's cold outside, but I just go somewhere. Um, some, somehow that resets, that resets the day and it gets me away from the house. So I can't do laundry and I can't do those things that I was trying to get done. And then your kids aren't an obstacle. They're not an obstacle. Yeah. My kids are more important than laundry. I mean, laundry needs to get done, but if the kids are not if they need attention or they need something, then I'm going to try to get out of the house and focus on them away from distractions. But then, you know, I also have been known to take a glass of wine to the bathroom <sighs> and lock the door. So <laughs> you do what you got to do. There are those two extremes. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> For me lately, I've been escaping and watching um, Call the Midwife. Have you seen oh. that show? Yes, I have. I'm very late to all the parties. I just got done Me with too. Gilmore Girls. So, you know. I never watched Gilmore Girls. Okay. So well, it's good. I'm really late. Good. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, I was crying like a baby last night. You can't watch Call the Midwife when you're PMSing. It's just not, <laughs> it's not advisable. Babies die and I'm just like down for the count. I can't. Oh I can't manage it. <laughs> so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have one more question for you. Yeah. What can you just not stop telling everybody about right now? People wish you'd stop talking about it, but you can't. <laughs> oh, so many things come to my mind right now. Um, 
Okay, so I have this tea from Trader Joe's that I'm obsessed with okay. that I cannot pronounce. I've pronounced <laughs> it a couple different ways, and everyone tells me the wrong that I'm saying it wrong. Oh, okay. But, well, say say all the ways then. Okay, all the None ways. None of them will be right. Yeah, all right. Um, it's Trader Joe's mint melange or mint melange or uh-huh. melange. Now, what is the word you're – I'm not even going to try to say it, but that word – what is that one? It's just mint. Is it green tea? I I don't know. know. It's melange. It's melange. Clearly, <laughs> <laughs> it's M E L A N G E. I've seen the word. I've never tried to pronounce it. You're braver than I. It's so good though. It's like it's mint. You know, if you if you don't like mint, you're not gonna like it. But it's like mint, but not peppermint tea. It's not peppermint. And I don't like tea. I'm a coffee girl, like, all the way. But I had this at a friend's house because she didn't have coffee, and which who doesn't have coffee, first of all? That um, is that friend. <laughs> right. She's dragging you down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I had it, and it's creamy. Like, it's like this – it doesn't look creamy. It doesn't look like – it looks like tea, but it tastes creamy. And it tastes like tea. I've never put a tea bag in water and had it taste like anything other than, like <laughs> – water you know (laughs) spoken like a true person who does not like tea right (laughs) oh wow that's great this tea is really really good and then the other thing I can't stop talking about and with Better Life Bags, we do a live a live stream on Facebook every Wednesday and I feel like this these two things are the only thing I want to talk about every single time I get on live stream yeah and it's boring everyone but Anne Bogle's what should I read next podcast? Uh, I am obsessed with it. Is that the modern Miss Darcy girl? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. So she just started. I don't know if you've listened to it, but it's I she takes people. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. You have or have I, I know about it, but I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. So this is for book lovers. You have to like enjoy books okay. <laughs> to to like this podcast, but Um, She takes a person, she has a guest, and she becomes a literary matchmaker. And so she says, tell me three books you love, one book you hate, and then I'm going to suggest three more books that you're probably going to like. That Um, is brilliant. It's so brilliant. Because I never know what to read next. I know. So I don't read that much because I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. So it comes out every Tuesday, and, and like it's the first thing I listen to after I drop my kids off at school on Tuesday. It's, I'm so checking that out. It's almost as good as Serial was. Did you <gasps> listen to that podcast? Yes. Are yeah. you on the second season? I tried. I couldn't get into it. You couldn't get into it? My it's husband loves it. I bet he would. Well, yeah. he was in the Army, he too. He was in yeah? the Army. Yeah, so it makes a difference. Did he ever just walk off? No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's a good idea. Now yeah. we know it's not a good now idea. Now we know it's not. It's not a good idea. Stay just to leave with your, your post. people. <laughs> yes. Army 101. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was harder to get into than than the other case. Is it over? The podcast? The season? The second season? No, we're still, still figuring out. He, we're still figuring out if he should have left or not. <laughs> okay, well, I think the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um that's great. I'm going to I'm going to look into that that um podcast cuz I really feel afraid to waste my time on a book that's not good. I know. Well, and the other thing is she has given me freedom to abandon books, which to me has felt like so you don't do that. If you start something, you finish it, you know, like finish nope, all your plates. Fine. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But so I gave, I, I abandoned a book, actually a book that she had recommended to someone on the podcast. I thought I would really love it, but turns out that not everyone is the same. And are you kidding me right now? I didn't love it. I know. (laughs) So I abandoned it and it took me like seven days to actually abandon it because I kept trying. Okay. I'm going to, I'm just going to give up. Like how long do you try though? Because I always think maybe it'll be right. Well, that's what I kept thinking. It's like one more chapter and it's going to like take off. But I got halfway through the book. So I felt like that's a commitment. You know, I read half of this book and I'm still not liking it. I'm I'm never going to like it. All right. So what's the best book she's recommended that you loved? Okay. I'm in the middle of this Inspector Gamache series that she, it's like a mystery by Louise Penny. And there's 11 books and this author comes out with a new one every year, which I think is super fun. Like I love to like look forward to the next book. Yeah. But now I have 11 books to catch up on before August when the next one comes up. But they're so good. I flew through the first one. So wonderful. Yeah. I recently, I like Sue Monk Kid. Have you ever read her books? No. Like The Secret Life of Bees. I mean, oh. that may not be the actual. I've there's heard one of that about book, mermaid. Uh, yeah, there's several of them. They're really good. Um, a mermaid? Is that what you said? It's called like The Mermaid Chair. That one was my least favorite. But okay. um, The Secret Life of Bees plus another one that I can't remember. I uh, have heard of Secret Life of Bees, but I have not read any of them. It's good. Mm-hmm. Well, Rebecca, so fun talking to you. You yeah, too. Wonderful. Yeah, I, sh- I should have just gone up and met you two years ago. Should have done I it. I know. Well, you should have. That's so silly. I know. I know. Oh, well, maybe we'll get a chance to meet in real life again. Perhaps. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you have a good rest of your day and um, have a fun live stream on Facebook. No, stop. Hold everything. How do we find you on this Wednesday Facebook thing? Oh, like my live stream. That's on our Better Life Bags Facebook account. Okay, so just search yeah. for Better Life Bags, and it's going to come up on Wednesday. Yes. What time? I, we usually do it at 1 p.m. Okay. And I think s- Eastern. We're Eastern. Eastern. Okay. Yeah. And are you on Periscope? Are you doing that these days? So we were on per- We are we are on Periscope at as Better Life Bags. Okay. We were doing our live streams from there, but you know, there's so many social media platforms at this point in life that we're trying to think, well, Facebook offers live stream. We're giving it a shot on Facebook. Okay. If we don't like it, we're going to go back to Periscope. There you go. That's awesome. Well, hopefully you'll have more people tuning in soon. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day. Thanks for talking to me today. You too. Thanks, Emily. All right. Bye. Bye. Wasn't that fun? I thought that was really fun. She is hilarious. That tea, by the way, I went and bought it after the interview. I'm not going to try to say it, but it is super good. I would recommend it. I loved how she talked about dropping everything and going to a museum, but not a glass museum, because that would be the opposite of relaxing or go ahead and drink wine. Either one. Same, same. Anyway, um, okay, so what would be your strategy to struggle well this week? Maybe you need to get yourself a better life bag. I think that's probably true. I have spent a lot of time on that website. It is very fun. I cannot make any decisions, so I've never gotten myself one. Maybe you want to read more, and so the podcast, What Should I Read Next, that Rebecca mentioned, would be a really good one to look into. Maybe you are being like Jonah in some area of your life, and you're running away from something. Cut it out. Maybe you need to stop that. Maybe you are struggling with um, a form of mom guilt. You probably are. And you need to cut that out. 
we are doing the best we can. Stop feeling guilty. Maybe you're in the army and you're thinking about walking off the base like Bo Bergdahl. Please don't do that. Not a good idea, friend. All right, as you can tell, the plague has affected my brain and I cannot be serious at this time. So I'm gonna end this, I'm gonna land this plane. I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have and I also hope you have a really great week of struggling well. See you next time. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.